Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Uh, I believe this is Episode 8, Season 2, although the notes can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, today, we have special guest Lauren Malhoit, um, who will be discussing ACI. Woo! Um, and then we also have Mike and Chris, who will be our uh, questionnaire. Questioners? Questionnaires. I'm not saying that at all right. Mike, do you want to give a quick overview of who you are? Yeah, sure. So I'm Mike Ossie. I'm a uh, solution architect with a Cisco Gold partner in the Midwest, um, and I focus on um, HCS uh, collaboration solutions and also all the underlying infrastructure that goes along with that. Awesome. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Chris Nickel, uh, solutions architect in the data center space, also for a large uh, partner. Um, All right, Ms. Lauren Malhoit, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, as Lauren said, I'm Lauren Malhoit. I uh, work at the uh, Cisco INSBU, um, which is basically the ACI and Nexus 9000 and 3000 uh, business unit. Uh, I've been there since July or so. So, um, you know, hopefully I can answer some of the questions and talk a little bit about uh, ACI. Woohoo! All right, to get everyone excited and thrilled, what is ACI again? <laughs> so uh, ACI stands for Application-Centric Infrastructure, first of all. Um, you know, and we really are trying to take the network and make it more application-focused because those are the things that um, really make us our money, right, in a business, um, whether they're internal or, or uh, external applications. Um, but basically, it is a... Um, a lot of people qualify it as a, a software-defined network or SDN solution. Um, it's a little more than that, kind of SDN plus, I guess, um, because it also works with the physical um, endpoints within your infrastructure. So that's that's uh, a little different than most of the SDN solutions offered out there, like OpenFlow or uh, uh, NFX and things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's... Uh, you know, taking taking all of your networking and putting it in software, basically. So this is really just SDN. I'm sorry. So this is just SDN, huh? <laughs> it, well, right. So it's a little more than that. Um, from from a high level, um, we go from uh, doing a declarative model of networking as opposed to the imperative model, which we use with tr traditional networking. So what that means is um, in the imperative model, you know, in traditional networking, we have a bunch of networking devices, routers, switches, et cetera, et cetera, firewalls. Um, and we have to go to each of those devices and give it an instruction set, right? We have to tell it to make a certain port, an access port, or a trunk port. Um, and, and we might be able to programmatically do some of this, but 
it's still a very manual effort and it's very instruction set based. Whereas with a declarative model, we kind of give an endpoint, like we, we tell it what we want the, the result, the end result to be, and then the devices through policy um, through policies and profiles will automatically kind of make themselves so that we get to that end result. So it's very policy driven and profile driven um, as opposed to the manual effort of going each device and, and telling it and knowing every instruction set for all the different models of devices and um, vendors and all of that good stuff. So um, that, that's kind of one big thing about ACI over traditional networking. Um, ACI, as I said before, is application-centric. So we're trying to break down the barriers between uh, kind of your application teams and your networking teams as well. Um, so, you know, everyone's kind of going to that um, breaking down the silos between, you know, networking and virtualization and apps and, dev, you know, the dev teams and um, all of that's kind of good stuff. So we're trying to um, get to that. that you're connecting centric. people is what you're really doing. We are. We're connecting people. And then all of that is on uh, built on uh, the Nexus 9000 switches. So we're able to ensure that, um, you know, the, the switching is done properly, that it's done efficiently. Um, so that, that kind of makes us different than um, some of the other SDN solutions as well. So, Lauren, it sounds like there's, um, you know, potentially a big change that's going to have to go on for the community that's delivering networking uh, today, right? And, uh, you know, what do you, what do you feel like are the biggest obstacles for people that are actively out there selling the solution right now, whether that's Cisco or, or partners in the space? Is it, is it training? Is it getting the right people in the room to have the conversation that's focused on applications versus the, you know, speeds and feeds of the network? Like, what's, what's the obstacles or, you know, what are the challenges to adoption right now? Sure. Uh, you know, like with any new products, um, you know, there are some obstacles. And you mentioned, you know, training, although we really are ramping that up, uh, especially for partners now. The, the channels are getting a lot more offerings on trainings, and, and we're just adding more to that. We're also doing a lot more webinars and things. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, obviously getting some sort of subject matter expert in a room is harder because it's a newer product. Um, but, you know, I, I, I guess I could ask you the same question, but from, from my view, um, you know, it's hard to get a traditional networking engineer to kind of see ACI um, in a different way. Um, you know, they're constantly kind of seeing things in VLANs and, and in, um, you know, all the other network terminology that we might use, but, but we're trying to break away from that, right? We're trying to get away from um, having, you know, identity and location be have to be intertwined, you know. Um, so it's, it's hard to get used to the vernacular. It's hard to get used to um, things not, not being traditional networking, essentially. Um, but, uh, you know, what do you think is hard about it? Yeah, I mean, being I, I think the biggest partner. challenge that, yeah, that, I, that I've seen in the partner space is, is kind of twofold. One is, you know, understanding a new technology, which is a challenge whenever Cisco releases anything, right? I mean, just getting your head around VXLAN and, and all the other, you know, software termination technologies that are out there uh, in the SDN space that sort of compete um, and where, where something successful or, you know, potentially can be sold against. And then the, the other side of that is, is really understanding how to, 
you know, consult, um, I think, a lot of the times because we're really talking to folks that don't care about the underlying infrastructure in a lot of cases. They want to talk about their application and what their application needs to do. And it takes a different approach, I think, uh, than what we've typically been used to as network consultants in the past where we're really talking about technical um, teams in a room uh, versus having some business or, you know, or performance-driven uh, folks that, that are having a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, I, I can absolutely see that. And, and you know, whether whether to sell ACI, even you know, um, a shop with five you know networking switches isn't probably going to need ACI. You know, someone who's making maybe a change to their networking layer, you know, once a quarter probably won't be able to use ACI. You know, but again, it's for those kind of larger enterprises with huge networking teams. Um, that can really kind of take a hold of of the ACI um, outlook, I guess. And Chris, do you see that as like a, a challenge as far as getting the right people in the room, or, or do you find that challenges are more around, you know, businesses or customers that you're talking to uh, adopting more of a service delivery model and starting to be a, a sort of a cloud provider themselves within their enterprise? I'm actually seeing both, depending on the customers, uh, either. First, like you said, it's getting the right people in the room and, and getting them to really buy in with the solution. I mean, let's be honest, it's still something that people are, I hate to say it, afraid of in some ways. And then other times, you know, it, it is getting them to do that, that cloud provider type model, even internally. A lot of people don't see the need for it. Yeah, and you know, there's, I, what's, I'm going to mess up the saying, but, you know, uh, if you're afraid of change, irrelevancy, irrelevancy is a lot scarier, right? Um, so there is that, that kind of fear, obviously. I mean, it's a brand new way of doing things. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, although I think it would be easier for a networking person to take on than just a, an, an apps person, um, like actually the administration of ACI, um, it's it's definitely thinking in a different way. Yeah, so so one of the big things for me that I've seen sort of drive interest is you know uh, sort of a culture inside of a customer where the CIO and IT teams are really going to the business and they're marketing what they can do. Right, it, it helps get funding and versus the, the traditional model of we're IT and we do what the business asks us for at a bare minimum and we're overworked and we can hardly handle what we're being told we have to do versus going out and, and offering solutions to problems that may not be, you know, may not be uncovered yet or, you know, things that could potentially save the business money as they're, you know, executing on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that really helps get the conversation started when you find customers with a culture like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, a lot of those customers are taking on the, the kind of DevOps, um, really embracing kind of programmatically um, doing things, even, you know, in their network groups. Um, and, and to show customers that kind of thing, too, where I can stand up an ACI fabric in, you know, 20 minutes <laughs> through the use of, like, a Python script that's on GitHub, you know, that's, that's hard to uh, look away from, you know. Yeah, I guess the flip side of that, you know, being in the partner space is, you know, that, that's taking away not only, uh, you know, product price points that we're used to on the hardware, uh, being that the 9K is, you know, relatively 
speaking cheaper than what we would have traditionally put in in the past. Um, you know, now now we're uh, we're eroding our services because it, it's quicker and easier to stand up. So I, I think it you know goes back to that that consulting mentality where we're really spending our time instead of configuring devices, we're now spending our time having to uh, you know really consult with the business and be more of a um, you know a business consultant than necessarily a technical consultant uh, to get you know the full engagement back to to whole the way it used but, to be. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that, Chris, or not. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, you know, I've, I've I worked for a partner before I went to Cisco, and it, you know, that's the way it's going with every part of the infrastructure. Um, and and just being a VAR is not going to probably do much anymore. And I'm not speaking as a Cisco person here. I'm speaking as you know someone who used to be a partner. Um, and really, yeah, you're right. The consulting services are going to be become more of the money maker, and you're going to give more value to your customers rather than just you know, um, charging more money for hardware, you know. I mean, look at storage. Like, that's that's the way it's going with storage as well. So, I, you know, I, 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 it's, hard, it's hard for me to feel bad about charging customers less, I guess, you know. Yeah, I think ultimately we all want to deliver a more cost-effective solution, right? That's the name of the game. I mean, that's how you win in the bar business is you have the best, cheapest solution that's out there, and, uh, you know, you have the best technology. It ultimately usually drives down the cost, whether that's an intangible or a hardware cost. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting that the shift that has to go on to, to sort of make ACI successful all the way around, and not necessarily just ACI, but the SDM paradigm and DevOps in general. Um, so, you know, I think for me that, that kind of kind of circle back to the original question is, is that's the biggest challenge is really that transformation that needs to happen, um, not necessarily the scary technology piece of it, because I think that, that sort of comes along with anything new and, um, sort of unproven, I guess, from the standpoint of the, the outside world. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think that change is a good thing, or um, just some? It's just a change, or is it something you know yeah, that I probably th- needs to be embraced? Or yeah, I certainly do. I mean, you know, having come from the collaboration space where we're a lot more focused on you know end user experiences and you know what the business functionality is that's required to get um, you know to get a product in. Uh, on the front side of, um, you know, on a sale versus, you know, we just need to upgrade from one gig to 10 gig or, you know, fast Ethernet to gig switching um, that we've kind of seen in the traditional, you know, sort of route switch world. Um, I, I think it, I think it's a good thing. I think it's where we've been finding value outside of the network core networking space for a long time as Cisco partners. Um, so I welcome it as a change. I think it's going to be difficult for some folks to adopt to. Um, and then, you know, the, the other exciting thing for me about the whole ACI paradigm is, is just, uh, you know, the, the programmability that comes with it because I think that's really where you find your efficiencies and you start to do cool things with a product and a platform that, you know, you weren't able to do in the past. So, so that's that's really an exciting piece for me personally. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, as a partner, I mean, there's definitely a lot of cool things that you can reuse too as you, you know, add value for one customer that those those you know, the code that you write can definitely be used for another customer, you know, with, with some tweaking and stuff. And and you're almost making things easier on yourself, too, because you're adding a ton of value, um, but but you're not reinventing the wheel every time. So, Chris, I'm monopolizing here. Jump in with uh, with another question if, you're, if you've got one. That's cool. Uh, you actually had a good list of them, but I guess one of the ones that I want to ask about is 
How would you advise a current network engineer to learn ACI, and what type of things should they know to be prepared for it? Okay, so um, how how would basically a current network engineer learn ACI? Is that sorry, I, I missed the first part of your question. So so yeah, so what type of uh, training opportunities are available to network engineers? Are there things like simulators out there besides just the you know type of classes that might exist? Sure, sure. Okay. So, um, like I mentioned, there are webinars, and in fact, there's a whole series of webinars coming out starting uh, mid-March. Um, if you go to Learning at Cisco, you can find those. Um, those are just free webinars that you can register for. Um, and, you know, it kind of depends on whether you're a partner or a customer, because we're really trying to concentrate on uh, partners a little bit more, because you know, it is a new product and it is a little scary, so we want to make sure that everyone that's, that's actually using it is using it correctly, um, using it to its full potential. So, um, you know, we're going around and actually doing mentored installs for partners um, just so we can actually go through it with them and, and make sure that things are, you know, being properly implemented. Um, there's also a couple books out now, or, well, they're yeah, there are a couple books out right now. There's a policy-driven um, infrastructure book, and then there's also a troubleshooting ACI book, which was written um, via Book Sprint. Which is and actually good. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that book is very good. Oh, thank you. I, well, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it, but, but, but I'll take the thanks for everyone else that wrote it. Um, and then we did another Book Sprint just last week on... Um, ACI operations, basically. So, you know, there's a little bit of day one kind of standing it up, but mostly it's about um, administering it once you have it stood up. So that should be out very soon. Uh, again, we just finished that Friday, so um, we're working on that. Um, as far as simulators go, um, again, it depends on if you're a partner or a customer. Um, we do have hardware appliances available. Um, and, and I know that people want just a simulator, a .ova file that they can throw on, you know, an ESX server or VMware workstation or something. Um, and I, I have no comment on that. <laughs> Such things may exist, um, but I'm not sure what the roadmap is for that as far as making it available. And the, the problem yeah. is, is it's just really hard to um, ensure performance, basically. So we don't want people getting the wrong idea that it doesn't work. Um, when it really it's just a problem with you know making it a virtual client. And I think that's one of the big things that led such wide adoption in the partner space to, for UCS, right? Is that I really got a way to sit down and put my hands on it without making this giant investment in lab equipment necessarily for every engineer to have access to. And I think yep. you know one of the things that people are maybe unaware of too is that simulators available in D Cloud. Um, yeah. And I know I run into a lot of people that don't know that and don't know that they can go out there and actually play with it. Um, so th there's been a lot of great thing about the, the hardware uh, necessity for the simulator, but, uh, you know, D-Cloud's an alternative when you can get scheduled in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there are several different D-Cloud uh, labs out there for ACI. And, you know, there's VMware integration. There's OpenStack integration out there. There's, you know, kind of a regular bring up the fabric ACI um, type of stuff. 
Um, and they all come with lab guides and demo guides. So even just going through those is really helpful too. But yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, from the top of my head, that's kind of what I think of uh, as far as the training goes. And then, of course, there are, um, uh, Carly Stoughton did uh, an awesome job at Tech Field Day, uh, whiteboarding basically ACI for two hours. So I would definitely check that out to uh, techfieldday.com, I believe. Um, and it was just the last networking field day, so which was networking field day nine. Um, so Joe and Sony both give a, a good little intro to ACI, and then Carly kind of dives in um, all whiteboarding all the time. So um, definitely worth a look to kind of get familiar. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, Lauren, is there any talk about, um, you know, making ACI uh, sort of work out of the box, like with pre-built policies or anything um, along those lines for apps like Unified Communications, uh, you know, things that Cisco delivers directly as software today? Um, right. And if there is, what, what kind of time frame do you foresee that sort of happening in as the next wave? Um, so uh, everyone wants to know about UC, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's kind of a pain. Um, uh, I, I don't have a roadmap for unified communications, um, and you know it's it's, a, it's early on in the product still, so we're still trying to get the kinks out before we integrate it with everything. Um, but we do already have UCS integration and, and UCS director integration. Um, so the next version. Uh, it may even be out now, um, but it will be here in the next month or two um, of UCS Director. We'll have just a ton of built-in ACI, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, policies, I guess, or, or uh, ACI kind of orchestration built-in. Um, so, and of course, you know, you can, you can manipulate UCSD to do whatever you want, but, but that built-in kind of turnkey solution is, is always welcomed from from my own experience. So that's, that's kind of where the major uh, integration is right now. Okay. So kind of circling back, unless Chris has another question here he wants to jump in with, um, to the, the talk about, you know, network. You mentioned you thought it would be easier for a network engineer to sort of operate ACI um, than maybe an apps person or a programmer. Uh, you know, but but knowing they sort of have the potentially more consultative type background, uh, do you uh, do you feel like there's some advice you could give somebody who's maybe not necessarily a network engineer but wants to get up to speed? You know, what sort of technology should they go out and, and sort of get apprised of that ACI has built on, like the XLAN or other things? Yeah, so I actually, um, you know, we have a, a couple programmers that work in the BU um, and. Uh, you know, I've actually done like the Data Center 101 <laughs> tutorial on that. Um, if, if you don't have someone to, I guess, whiteboard it out for, for the programmer. Yeah, there, I mean, there are a ton of things. Um, if you go on Joe Onsick's blog to find the cloud, he's got a ton of Data Center 101 information that will kind of help you familiarize yourself with basically how, you know, storage, compute, and networking integrate. Um, there's a, a bunch of different YouTube things from Joe and uh, Lillian Kwan that kind of describe how packets move through um, the Nexus 9K layers within ACI. Um, as far as, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess it's just kind of like you can you can do some of the 
the training for the CCNA data center stuff. Uh, it, it all kind of depends on what what your learning style is and, and how, you know, it's, it's hard to say where to get training for data center 101 because it's probably everywhere pretty much. Um, we don't have like a specific thing, you know, for ACI. We do have um, GitHub uh, repositories set up specifically for ACI. So, you know, there there is some stuff in there that's, that's uh, that may explain to a programmer who can kind of read through that stuff and understand it. Uh, that might be helpful to them. Um, let's can see, I what else? a question? Um, yeah, go ahead. I was wondering, and maybe this is a small sample group, but how many people on this call are using GitHub or, you know, recognized or knew that we had um, a, a place there specifically for ACI? So I'll certainly raise my hand. Yeah. Okay, good. No, no awkward silences. Continue <laughs> all. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, and there's there are other GitHub for Nexus 9K, GitHub for ACI. The troubleshooting book is available on GitHub. Um, so there, we do have a lot of things out there. Um, and then we also have a new site um, from the INFDU, which has some information that's available to the public, which is. Um, nexus9kaci.cisco.com. So just HTTP um, nexus9kaci.cisco.com. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as far as the programmer goes, yeah, it's just kind of, I think it's one of those things where, where we're breaking down the barriers, right? The, the networking guys are going to have to work with the programmers and, and kind of learn from each other. And maybe I missed it, but what have been some of the big changes, if any, over the last year since we first, I mean, I think we first introduced ACI maybe a year and a half ago? Uh, let's see, big changes. That's a stumper for me. Uh, Carly, can you add on to any of that? You've been around longer than I have. Um, so it's the announcement has was a while ago, and we certainly had some several large pre-FCS customers, including our own, of course, Cisco IT, um, eating our own dog food. Um, but we started shipping um, at the end of uh, last uh, end of last July was the FCS, um, and then we recently released um, some new uh, code updates. So we're really listening to. Uh, you know, kind of what what features people are looking for, what else they want from the product, and then adding those onto the roadmap as we go along. Have you gotten so. any truly bizarre feature requests? Oh, I've <laughs> I've got some strange ones, uh, certainly. Uh, let's see, uh, off the top of my head, uh, wanting it to program some. I forget what device it was, but some non-networking device, I don't know, maybe a Raspberry Pi or something. So, you know, we have to kind of look and see what's what people are asking for, but you know, that's that's something that we discuss, you know, on a pretty much daily basis inside the business unit. Well, and if someone decides decides to make a device package for the Raspberry Pi, there's no saying we can't do that, really. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. The world is open. So 
So I noticed there was a um, there was a recent addition uh, of a troubleshooting tool. Um, I don't know how recent it was. I just happened to find a, a YouTube video about it here pretty recently. Um, but I, I thought one of the cool things that I saw in there was you know really providing visibility tools and you know I don't know if that's uh, in response to some challenges and you know early adopters or if that's something we can we're gonna just see inherently in the platform as it as it evolves. Because um, I think one of the big things we we sort of mentioned earlier about it being kind of scary new technology, right? It's it's black magic in a box, and my traffic goes off into the ether, and I just have to trust that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. So I thought the troubleshooter was a really cool thing. Are there other tools like that that are built into uh, built into the platform, or, or that uh, will be coming here um, in subsequent releases? Without talking about roadmap. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you're like on top of it. I think those videos were just released today. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the troubleshooter is a cool new tool. Um, something else that's actually it's already available, so I'm allowed to talk about it, uh, is something called the API Inspector, which lets you kind of, uh, if you do a um, an action, like let's say you add um, an endpoint group in, in ACI, which is literally just a group of, of endpoints that are all similar in some way, so you want them to be uh, together in a group. Um, it intuitively will... named, right? What's that? I, I just said it's intuitively named, right? Right, right, exactly. Um, you can pull up the API inspector and then see the JSON or XML output um, in order to then take that output and and create like a post script, um, something so that you can programmatically do that from there on, on out, you know, so you don't have to actually go into the GUI every time and do it. You can just run that little script um, and use, you know, a REST client to to uh, connect the the APIs and do that all programmatically. So literally, it's it's like copying and pasting. You don't have to be a programmer necessarily to totally, you know, use use the REST client or use the REST APIs. Very cool. So, so maybe it's circling back since the the troubleshooter is new, and honestly, I wasn't sure if those videos were a couple weeks old or a couple days old. It sounds like they're they're brand new. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that actually brings to the solution? Uh, so I'm not that familiar with the troubleshooting tool, Carly. Do you, are you familiar with it at all? The yeah, I I looks like I was able to be unmuted. <laughs> um uh I haven't I haven't taken a look at that yet. Uh that's definitely at the top of my long list. Um but maybe that's something that we can talk about down the road cuz I think that's going to be a really valuable tool for us to use. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we plan on with Lauren, uh the other Lauren. Um we plan on doing some more of these, so we'll keep that in mind as like a topic for next time for sure. Yeah, sorry, it's just it's literally brand new and not something Carly and I directly worked on. So um sorry we don't have a ton of information on that. But there are those videos out there to kind of get you guys a little familiar, at least until the next time. Um but yeah, the whole thing is going um all of ACI is basically going in you know, a simplified direction. We we wanna make it as we go along simpler and simpler for people to um you know, stand up and, and administer. But once you kind of get the hang of it, it's it's a little like UCF, honestly. You know, it was, it's a little intimidating at first, but then once you get the hang of it, I mean, it's everything just kind of comes together and you're able to stand up an environment in like half a day, you know. 
yeah, definitely the speed is uh, is amazing as far as how quickly you can provision things and, you know, sort of segment them as well. And, uh, you know, for, for someone like me who's got a data center full of customer UC instances, we're really excited about what it can bring. Um, you know, we're not quite there yet, but uh, it represents a, a brand new opportunity for service providers uh, to be able to do something with a, a lot of agility that they haven't been able to in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And and just because everything isn't built in right now doesn't mean we can't integrate too, right? Just have to yeah. have to be creative sometimes. <laughs> so I have one other question and it's something that I've been asked a bunch lately is how does ACI compare to the other quote SDN solutions that are out there? And what is, in your opinion, the knockout punch that that ACI has against those other solutions? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I can't really, I, I don't know how competitive I'm allowed to be on this, but, but there oh, are yeah, I just had a that, small heart attack, but it can be <laughs> more general. Yeah. So right. there, there are a few things that ACI can do. I mean, this is, you know, well known that we can um, manage both virtual and physical environments all from one controller, which is the APIC, so um, the Application Policy Infrastructure Controller. So that's that's a big one, um, as well as the kind of declarative model versus the imperative model. Um, you know, a lot of other SDN solutions are just kind of taking what we have in hardware now and moving it up, you know, abstracting it to the software layer, whereas ACI is kind of really trying to um, totally rethink it so that we're doing it in a more efficient way. Uh, Carly, do you have you have some things to add on that one? Yeah, I think, um, like you mentioned, imperative versus declarative, another big thing with ACI, a big differentiator is the policy model, right? Instead of looking at 20 switches, five routers, five firewalls, load balancers, right? I really just look at who's out there, who's, how, who's out there in the data center, who gets to talk to who, and what do they get to talk about? And that's really what we define uh, through the controller uh, and the GUI is that policy model. Whereas some of the other competitive solutions, it's kind of just moving the complexity up a layer. You're still configuring network devices. It's not really solving the underlying problem you know, of having to touch all of these devices every time we need to roll out a new application. Because that's really what it comes down to is you know, the application. That's why we have all this infrastructure in the first place. So I would say the policy model um, and the underlying Nexus 9K hardware, you know, it's not just switches. Um, the spine leaf topology um, and the set protocols that we have tuned and set for that uh, cloth spine leaf architecture. Uh, there's a lot built into those Cisco ASICs that, you know, whether or not you're looking at any of the other pieces of ACI, your applications will run faster and better because of the cool things we do at the ASIC level, um, things like uh, true load balancing. You know, instead of just like on a port channel where we're kind of just distributing traffic, actually looking at the load on the link. You know, we're looking at end-to-end -end latency. Um, we're doing things like breaking up TCP flows and uh, load balancing those and ensuring they're not reordered. So there's a lot that we, and that's why it's SDN plus, is yes, we take the idea of a centralized controller and software-defined networking, but we add on that policy model. You know, who's out there? Who do they need to talk to? What are they allowed to talk about? And then underneath that is that 
spine leaf Nexus 9000 architecture. So I would say that's that's what I think about when I look at some of the other solutions out there in the market. Yeah, and, and to add on, Perkzilla mentioned, which I'm not sure who Perkzilla is, but the, the white list model versus the black list model. Um, so we're automatically blocking traffic and, and you know only allowing the things that we want to um, communicate. So we uh, it's a stateless kind of firewall basically in between all of your endpoint groups. Yeah, so I, I think one of the other things, um, you know, for me that makes it sort of unique um, versus other solutions that are out there is just, you know, the fact that it, it's running on distributed hardware. There's, um, you know, the same sort of uh, paradigm of, you know, not a single point of failure in the in the network, uh, but we still get that centralized, you know, control interface um, or control plane. Um, but, you know, even the execution on the distributed components is done outside of my compute or other things that I really am you know, paying for and funding to provide some other function to my virtual machines uh, that some of the other solutions that are out there don't necessarily take advantage of. That makes sense. So, so I had one last question, and it's just really around, um, you know, if you, if either of you could talk to sort of the scalability of the solution today, um, you know, is is it the same scalability that we can get? from the leaf and spine architecture of the 9K? Are there limits when we start to apply ACI on top of that? Um, you know, how big can we make the solution in our data center, so to speak? Carly, do you, uh, do you have, I don't know, I don't have specific um, scalability. Just, uh, scalability numbers, uh, let's see, I do not have those in front of me right now, but those are uh, published. Um, we have uh, verified scalability guides that we use um, that have been tested in the labs. So verified, of course, is you know, what we've tested and approved, but we can scale beyond those. Um, I can see if I can find a link I can make available for that, but those are available today on our external facing website. Uh, Cisco.com slash go slash ACI is the landing page for all of that info. Perfect. That's actually what I was just going to ask for if uh, there was a go link for it, but uh, appreciate yep. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, oh, shoot. <laughs> I was really just going to add to that, but now I've forgotten what I was going to say. So hopefully Lauren can edit this. <laughs> um, I, I did see the, the tweet of the, the totally sweet smug Cisco guy with the uh, with the rainbow. So I wanted to take an opportunity to thank Carly for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's my desktop background, phone background, yeah, everywhere I can put it, making mugs and stickers. <laughs> so unless I hear other questions, do we want to give a little wrap? Oh wait, has Hyper-V been verified yet? Is one I'm seeing from Perkzilla. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah, go ahead, Carly. Oh, sorry. Uh, you take this one. Oh no. I, well, you might have more information, but basically, I was going to say, so we can use, we can do Hyper-V right now, um, but it's not integrate. It's not built-in integration like we have with VMware. Um, you basically have to just do it in as, as if it were like a physical server. Um, but that is coming soon, uh, Carly. If you have more. Yes, it's it is committed uh roadmap. Um as to which release I I, I couldn't tell you. And we're probably not allowed. Yep. 
And on that delightfully happy note, um, I think I'll end this episode. Thank you to our questionnaire folks. That's really not the right word, but I'm going with it. Um, and thank you to Lauren. Maybe? Huh? Interviewers, maybe? Yes, sure. <laughs> um, the, the dude voices you kept hearing, how about that? And thank you to our ACI experts, Lauren and Carly, for joining in. This has been another delightful episode of Cisco Champion Radio, and I hope to hear all of you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.